Welcome to Living Out Loud with your host, Jess Phillips, where we talk all things addictions, codependency, relationships, and the good, bad, and ugly in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Living Out Loud with your host, Jess Phillips, and our very special guest, an old friend of mine, Paige. Welcome, Paige. Hello. Glad to be welcome. Thank you. So nice to have you here. It's been a while. Yeah. I know we've uh, just had a little bit of time to catch up, but uh, we've kept in contact all these years over social media, and I've been seeing you do wonderful things as usual. So I wanted to get you on to this podcast and really, you know, this is a place where we talk all things wellness. And when I think of people that fall under the wellness category, you're definitely kind of top 10, that's for sure. So um, I know you are a holistic coach. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means and what you do? Sure. So I'd like to add just that one more little word in the middle, holistic fitness coach. I mean, there's a lot of terms floating around, but I think that differentiates me a little bit in, in sense that, um, I mean, fitness could be, you can, uh, you can define it as many things, but my primary offering is, is movement and it's what I love the most. So, I mean, when you think of holistic, yes, we treat the body, mind and spirit, but you know, uh, you know, movement is definitely up front and center for what I do. So what I've been doing for the last, since 2000, since graduating uh, university with a commerce, I immediately knew right after that, that I wanted to go in fitness and for a variety of reasons, everybody in my family thought I was nuts, um, but I did it anyways. And here I am 22 years later. I think I got kudos from my dad, maybe, I don't know, four years ago when he said, wow, he said, you know, this fitness thing really did take you places. And I was like, mm. yeah, dad, like it's a, it's a huge industry and I love it. Right. Um, yeah. you know, many moments I've arrived with what I do from, you know, starting with sport, hating competing, arriving when I found weight training, arriving even again, when I found group fitness, I was like, this is awesome. They cranked the music up and we dance and we sweat. It was like, yeah. oh my God, I've arrived. Like, when can I teach this? I was like Insta teacher. And then, so <laughs> So that happened. And then I found yoga. So I learned how to be more gentle on myself. But yoga, I also tried the ego part. I found yoga in my early 20s. So I kind of went through the, oh, I need to look like a certain shape. I have to, you know, and I injured myself. So now I'm spending the next, my lifetime, the next lifetime, trying not to injure myself. (laughs) So I found Pilates. You know, I have back pain too, Jess. And like, I found Pilates and I arrived and so many arrivals. So just kind of offering my experience, strength and hope over the years through fitness, what I've learned is kind of what I do. So I have a a regular offering during the week. Um, I also managed to have two kids. I was actually in my forties, but I was scared to have kids because of my back. Mm. So, but one chiropractor, and I was so, so nervous. I, I can't have kids. My back is so bad. My back is so bad. This is after getting sober. And one chiropractor said, excuse me, uh, by the way, you are so fit. Like what in your mind makes you think you can't carry kids? And I was like, it's all I needed. I was like, okay, all right. And here we are. Wow. Um, I get the odd flare up. Yeah, here we are. And you know, my kids are two and almost two and four and I feel like myself again. And I'm kind of ready to give a, a lot more back to, to the, to the world, helping more families, more moms get healthy. Oh, I have so many questions for you and I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice, which I really love. And, and, and just to kind of pinpoint the word offering, I love it when you, I've never actually heard that term, especially when somebody's talking about fitness or, I mean, you hear it a little bit more, maybe in like spiritual readings or books, but offering. So how did you, how did you arrive at that term to use that in terms of your services? What a great question. I think it's just kind of who I associate myself with. So I am kind of spirit. I'm very spiritual in nature and I hang around with, Mm. I guess, a lot of people like that that may have used similar words. It just seemed like a very gentle way to put myself out there. Like, here's what I have to offer. Maybe it'll work for you too. You know, I don't know. I never thought too much about it. 
But yeah, because it's changes, right? Like whenever I say, if you want to find out more about my offering, you know, just look on whatever X, Y, Z, and it'll be there because it, I'm constantly changing. I yeah. find if I just, you know, pinpoint on one tiny thing, that's not authentic to me. I need to be doing what's going on right now and kind of putting that out there. Mm. So, I and know. I love that you're using Good the question. word gentle. I think gentle is one of my favorite words. I use it a lot with my clients and from, from personal and professional experience, it's, it's especially when you work with people with very high standards or perfectionists or ex athletes, the bar is set so high that the gentleness goes out the window, you know? So words like gentleness offering, it's kind of like a warm hug, especially that I love, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to steal that offering word. It is like a warm, cozy kind Please. of hug. Cause it's like, yeah, like let me offer you kind of this time and space to share with me and to kind of go over. I think it's beautiful. That's awesome. And like, so you spoke about, yeah, sorry, God. Oh, I was just going to say, it's like, you know, this is what I have. Does it resonate with you? Like, how do you feel about that mm. as opposed to like a sales pitchy? It's just, well, how do you feel? Like, because that's what I teach, right? Intuition too, with through yoga and through dance and movement and mindfulness practices. Like what's, what's your gut or what's your heart saying? You know, what's your third eye saying? So I just find it is a gentle way to approach and yeah. it gets people used to, you know, yeah, because, you know, anyway, I was going to go into divinity, but we'll save that for later, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or we just do a whole separate podcast on divinity. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> Everybody that I interview is like, oh, I'm going to have to have you come back on about seven more times because we could talk <laughs> about 40 different subjects. And that's another thing that I love about people in the wellness industry. Uh, and I use that term loosely, but there's a lot of different interests, right? And, and, and I think it's a snowball effect that when you feel good, you're curious and you start to want to, you know, embark on trying different things, trying different foods, trying different avenues of movement and meditation. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted changing, to ask right? you, yeah, constantly, yeah, change evolving. So you mentioned something very interesting to me that your kind of family or your dad kind of laughed or balked at the idea. So you graduated in commerce, which is pretty opposite to um, holistic fitness. So how mm -hmm. did you go from and how did you navigate the lack of support from your family and still kind of move towards your desire of becoming a fitness coach? Well, I think just surrounding myself with inspiring people and I didn't live with my family. So once I like after second year, my family moved to uh, the East coast of Canada and I remained in Toronto. Mm. And so I never really had that direct influence constantly reminding me, you know, you know, you're, I'm not saying they would say things like you're not, I had a, I have an incredible family, but you know, you're not enough, like just kind of feeding into that. Um, because I, you know, at the same time, ironically enough, I'm kind of getting off track here, but when my wellness career was taking off in my twenties, so is my drinking career. So like, Interesting. I had these two careers going and like, it was hard to navigate because I was yeah. like, uh oh, in one direction, I'm like, I'm kind of probably going to be in trouble here, but I'm loving this way too. And so, um, but back to how did I navigate? I just, I just put one foot in front of the other, but you know what? In all honesty, I wasn't because the drinking I was using to cope and the drinking eventually caught up with me. So I kind of, you know, soon after university, um, you know, wasn't doing that great. Wow. And but, now, yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm 10 years sober since 2012. And, you know, wellness has always been there. Health and fitness has always been there. It's always been like an anchor. It's always been um, there for me. So, you know, it's been the consistent thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of went off because it's, it's not like it was my family telling me they didn't approve. They approved. They kept their right. mouth shut. But, right. um you know, I had two careers going on at the early stages of my, at my disease or my illness, if you want to call it that. Right. Right. And how did you navigate those two worlds? How did you, um, kind of do an eight to five fitness day and then get, you know, sloshed in the evenings or maybe day? Yeah. Well, it caught up, it catches up with you, you know, mm. I mean, there's, you can be really good at what you do, but if you don't show up, you know, <laughs> 
you're not going to be working for that client or that company anymore. So, yeah. you know, I had all kinds of great gigs. Um, and then you did the geograph. I did, I did the geographical cure. I went overseas for a while and it caught up with me. It just caught up with me until I finally had enough, you know, I just, I quit. Wow. And so, what yeah. led up to the kind of decision to stop drinking altogether? Well, the drinking stopped working. Right. Even the drinking, you know, it, at the end, it was the only relationship I was capable of having. So no other relationship mattered. And even mm -hmm. that relationship abandoned me as well because it just wasn't working. So I kept drinking, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, yeah, I just, it was that or going, you know, my, my systems were failing. Yeah. It got pretty dark there for a while, obviously, but it's not dark anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I finally, and very scary statement. I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end, it was, it was, it was in the beginning of the end. So when I finally was not in the closet anymore about it, and I finally had the courage to come out and say, I, I'm an alcoholic, I'm in trouble. That was a huge mm. relief for me because deep down I knew you know, there was no denial for me. I was like, oh, mm, I think I've got a problem. I think this is going to be a problem for me. But I wasn't ready to quit drinking. Um, right. And, uh, yeah, and so when I got, when I first came out about it, that was about 2000 and I think 2004 or 2000, yeah, 2005, okay. right? Um, I had no idea the level of effort it was going to take to, like, to stop like to live in recovery rather than illness, right? Yeah. So yeah, but I kept coming back, right? Wow, incredible. Yeah. And now when you got sober, was it kind of natural or kind of automatic for you to, to head back into the wellness industry? Was it a pull? Did you think about doing something else? No, I just, I knew. No. Yeah. No, I took a year. I, I mean, I was unemployable by the end, but I took a year <laughs> to get, um, a, you know, a firm foundation in recovery. And mm. then I went back and I just started doing contract work. And that contract work led to, you know, managerial director stuff pretty quickly. And then I did that for about four years. And then I decided to move outside of the city and have a family. So, you know, I, I kept some clients in the city and then, um, you know, what happened with the illness or the mysterious illness and stuff caused me to go to an online offering, which actually mm. made my life a lot easier with two small kids. Mm. And, and here we have it, you know, they're, they're one's going to school and one's, you know, in daycare. And now I kind of feel like myself again. And I, I'm so inspired by my community, by my wellness community. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's the most, as you know, as you know, it's one of the most inspiring you know, places to be. You're right yeah. in this, you're right in the center. Yeah. And it's I, hard to fall know, off when you're right in the center. Exactly. And no, no matter with what community, you know, a lot of people right. ask me, yes. should I join a gym? Should I join a recovery community? And I tell them any community, right? If you are surrounded by like-minded people other than the bar, <laughs> it's normally <laughs> a good thing, you know, like you're engaged yeah. in some type of activity, some type of sharing. And especially post COVID, I mean, the, the loneliness that came over people was devastating. So yeah, a hundred percent. I love, I, I, I think the moment I lose a sense of community and I'm so lucky, I have so many different communities in my life, but it's such a huge mm -hmm. part of my life. I don't even think I would be, feel like my normal self without it, you know? Yeah. So a lot has changed for you. So I, I met you in about 2016, 2017 ish. Yeah. 2016. Um, you were single, I think, at the time, yep. and now you have a very different life. So, what what did what did kind of what did recovery and life look like for you when I met you versus now? Did you ever think you were going to have the things that you have now? I mean, life has done a total one eighty for you. Oh yeah. So I, I was lucky. I mean, I'm always blessed and grateful every time I wake up, for sure. But like, I was lucky to have those first five years to really build that firm foundation in recovery. 
And my life was so simple. You know, I had my higher power and, and, and me, (laughs) nothing else mattered. I, I, you know, I lived very modestly. I lived very minimalist, which I miss. That's one thing I miss um, about having kids because you got so much stuff, but, um, (laughs) Life was grand, you know, I was constantly surrounded with like-minded people in the center of it all. And, you know, I was untouchable, right? So, but, Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, and then I, I ended up with my brother's best friend. Wow. Who I've known since he was 11 and I was seven or no, sorry, the other way around. He was seven and I was 11. So my brother, my brother, who's younger than me, my younger brother, my only brother, um, and my partner now are still best buddies. So, wow. I mean, that was a cool, that was a trip. And it yeah. just, what ha- it was like, you, you can never plan these things, right? I wasn't looking for a partner. I was very mm-hmm. prepared to just help other people get sober for the rest of my life. I thought that was a pretty good gig. You know, it is, wow. it is a good gig, you know, that my darkest moments can actually help somebody else get out too. Like I wouldn't give up, you know, I'm glad I went through all that hell. Um, to, to arrive here today. And I know you swear on this, on this program. So I'm very glad about that. Um, yeah. So when we met, it all happened really quick because I had known him for so long. Like I had my sweet 16 at his family's house, my, you know, way back then, um, I had a party there, you know, they all cooked for it. So it just gives you an idea of how much, how integrated he's been in my Mm. life. And so you talk about shotgun, (laughs) Like you just like, so I literally like was pregnant really quickly. Like I would, to be honest, I was, I was, I was 37, 36. So I was just looking at like saving my eggs, just looking at it, Mm -hmm. just, just to see what, what it would look like, what, what I have to do, how much would it cost when, when my partner and I got together and he's like, well, well, if you're, if you're going to do that, why don't we just, you know, let's, I didn't think too much about it. You never really do, but, (laughs) um, and I, I'm, of course, my limited belief was you're too old. Mm. You're not going to get pregnant anyways. (laughs) Right. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty fertile. Insta insta preggers. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so grateful. Um, and then, and then, so a lot of change in a very short period of time. So all that to say, like I moved up North, I left my job, we were pregnant, new relationship still, I may have known him forever, but you're still, I, we skipped all the phases of a relationship. So you can just imagine, I'll just let you use your imagination on the type of, it's a lot of stress. And so I'm grateful for my wellness practices, my rituals, my, my recovery communities, because without that, you know, I, you know, I'm an alcoholic. Like I, I often put my, you know, my emotions above my intellect. And so there was times there I wasn't pretty, but you know, I've got my communities to hold that together and that I've been, you know, a higher power. So, and now five years later, right? Two kids, one's almost four in like next month. I'm just starting to level out. I am just starting to level. To be honest, this what's this show called? Like uh, living out loud, living out loud. Like yeah, whoo, you know. And I can, you know, just and I'm constantly doing spiritual work and Mm. and work and so personal and all that stuff. So just kind of the peeling of the onion. So all that to say again, yeah, it's it's not easy, but I never needed to drink over it. Wow. Wow. Again, so many questions for you. You mentioned limiting beliefs, you know, and it's so interesting that you also just said five years to level out. I was working with a client yesterday. I said the exact same thing. I said, you're going to level out at about five years, right? Which probably sounds quite devastating to somebody who's like new to whatever path that they're on, but things take time. Good things take time. Sustainable things take time. So I love that you mentioned that, but going back to this limiting belief that you mentioned, I'm too old to have kids. I'm, can you tell me more about kind of these limiting beliefs that you've had and how you've navigated through them? Like, like limiting beliefs in general. Yeah. Just like the one, like, you know, I think there's a lot of, especially women, you know, these, these kind of ideas around, self-esteem maybe or getting into relationships or not feeling good enough or I mean definitely some of my male clients as well but I think the limiting beliefs are a little bit different still very much 
prevalent, but just different. Um, but that limiting belief of I'm too old, or maybe I can't get this, you know, how do you yeah. navigate through some of those? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's been my whole thing lately is just smashing all of those just awareness, right? So making a decision mm -hmm. to uh, like, live in a state of awareness throughout the day, not just in, in meditation, but if I notice a limiting belief come up, I'll address it. And then immediately I'll turn it around. Okay. How is that true? No, like CBT, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I'll CBT. just turn it around and create a new belief. So I'm sick of kind of living in that, you know, in the pain of, of it all. And so, and so I've done a lot of work around money in terms of what my parents brought me up with money, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Mm. Uh, we're not made of money. Um, they never really taught me too much about um, investing and things like that or, or manifesting like those types of things. So really addressing those limiting beliefs and not staying there at all. And a, a lot of what I would get caught up in terms or caught up with in terms of business is I'm too late. I missed the boat. You know, yes. everyone's done it before me, you know, I'm yeah. not, so there's that not enough, not good enough, you know, and the perfectionism as you brought up too comes up for me or did come up for me. Now I'm just like, shut up and be consistent, like shut <laughs> up and be authentic and I just show them what you're doing. And, and through those creations, something's got, something's going to come out. And if it doesn't still like, you know how you like put stuff out there and you don't know if any people are watching and I get comments all the time saying, thanks man for inspiring me. Like, I love what your posts are. And I'm like, really? Like, great. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you never know who you're going to affect. And really at the end of the day at 44, I'll be 45 in a month or whatever. It's just about helping other people. Like it, it I've come to the point where like nothing else matters, not money, not it's health. That's it's sobriety, health, just helping other people. You know, it doesn't matter if I make a ton at it. And then just, just getting rid of all the stuff that keeps me in a low vibe. First of all, I think that those should be like bumper stickers, or maybe we can make some like merchandise. Shut, just shut up and be consistent. <laughs> just, shut, <laughs> just shut up and be authentic, right? Because it's so true. It's yeah. so true, right? Especially the consistency part. I think that's one of the, the biggest, biggest values that I struggled with, but that I promote so much now because I was the queen of starting things and then quitting things. Going in so hard, going all in a hundred miles an hour and then boom, crashing and hitting that emotional wall. And it's like, yeah. uh, no, Jess, why don't you just make small changes, tiny little yeah. changes day to time, let those accumulate, build some type of a foundation, you know? So I love that. Shut up and be consistent. <laughs> and, you know, and, awesome. and for me, it was like always worrying about the money, like, you know, and yeah. that was, I was holding me back. Yep. It's, I don't need a bunch. Like think yep. of where I was in terms of in my active addiction and like, I didn't, you know, thank God I didn't have a lot of money. I'd probably be mm. dead. But you know, when I got sober, how I used to look at like, I don't really look back too much, but I used to have these little budgets. I had like tiny amounts of money a month and I made it work. Yep. So wh why do I, and I was happy. So yeah. why do I need a bunch now? Like, so I'm, I'm really done a lot of work on like money mastery and like, just, mm. it's been so helpful because that kind of, um, you know, the secret of the secret, mm -hmm. that method or that, you know, that law of the universe, I just, I've just, and we, we learn it in our recovery communities too, mm -hmm. acting as if it's already happened, Yes, you know, yes. and it just works. And I'm just done worrying about money and worrying about anything Yes, because it's not real anyways. Act as if it was already done. My, the coach that I worked with, um, he would often, so I would talk to him about certain anxieties or fears and he would do this really cool NLP technique with me, which is neuro-linguistic programming for anybody who doesn't, um, haven't read about NLP yet. And he would actually have me meditate and visualize myself 10 minutes after the successful completion of whatever it is I was nervous about. And it was so cool, right? Because in my mind, right, my resting state is what will go wrong, impending doom. <laughs> this is never going to work out for me. And interestingly enough, I have no evidence of that. The evidence is actually the opposite. Everything that I try, it actually works out pretty well. So to have this idea of really, like you said before, that kind of CBT technique of 
of, of replacing, challenging the thought. So putting yourself 10 minutes after the successful completion of whatever it is that you're about to do, really just, it really shows the power of the mind and how much we can just live in this state of fear and negativity, or we can choose to live differently. So acting as if I really love that one. And that's the power. Yeah. That's the power is that I'm not my mind. I'm not my thinking. I have a choice day, especially when I'm not drinking to choose and, and our minds don't, there is no past, present and future. So like in our mind. So if I'm feeling the feelings of what it's like when I reach a goal in the future, my, my mind is going to look for those things like, or at least it's going to be feeling as if it's already happened. So yeah, I just use that too, to nail, um, like to get a promotion in the side gig that I'm doing. And that's, that's what I was focusing on. What's it going to feel like when I, when I get it? You know, what, 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 what am I going to do with it? And I worked, I got it last night at like 1130, right half an hour before uh, closing time. I, I got it. Yeah, exactly. The magic was, yeah, yeah. Thanks. So awesome. That's so awesome. And I, I also love that you brought up money. I was talking to a client about this yesterday too. And I want to ask you, did you find it difficult or did you find yourself after you got sober um, maybe trying to kind of obsess or put all your eggs in one basket. Like, so the idea of like, if I make enough money, I'll be okay. If I get the partner, I'll be okay. Did you do any of that once you got sober? I did it with money was a big obstacle for me in terms of, I mean, that's only really kind of come to fade away in terms of the power that money had over me. Um, Mm -hmm. in the, you know, that how they say, you know, when we're in recovery, it's like having three garbage cans on fire, but we only have two lids. Like it's kind of like, but I, um, yeah, money really was a, was a higher power that I, even getting sober, I wasn't willing to look at Mm -hmm. until I got into, I made a family and then I was forced to look at it, which is Mm -hmm. fine. It's growth, right? Like every, every pain is, is a touchstone for growth, but. Um, I didn't, there was a little bit of denial there with the money. Like, you know, my friends would say, yeah, you're a little hung up on money page. You know, you like, I don't worry about it, but I worried about it. You know, I wanted more of it. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was definitely there, but I'd never worked on it until probably recently. And And not even in the recovery space. It was in the, it was in a, it was in a wellness space. Right. Which was interesting. Hey, but wherever, we're ready when we're ready, right? I tell people, that's it. And wherever you're getting the help, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it works yeah, for you, yeah. do it. That's what I always say. Yeah. What works for me works for me. What works for you, go ahead and do it. So the, yeah. the interesting kind of underlying current of these process addictions, so... I often talk about binge eating, right? Binge eating was always my baby. It was always my secret. It was always my kind of warm comfort blanket. But a lot of people that A, I'm working with or B, I I come across in my recovery communities is almost the, the transference. So the, you know, you take away the drink or the drug and now it's like, where am I going to get my high from? And for yeah. years I struggled with the same thing where, and that's when money can become so powerful because it gives that high or food or shopping, mm-hmm. gambling, sex, whatever it is. It's yeah. like, Oh, hello. Hello. Dopamine hit, you know, my old friends. Yeah. So it's, it's, interesting how we can transfer quite quickly and and change because I had a I had Mm -hmm. a food addiction I was like a skinny you know I have I was binged ice cream for and 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 like as soon as I got sober it just turned to coffee I would drink pots of freaking coffee and sugar you know like (laughs) you know and then I you know I had and even you know I only really quit ice cream like uh negatively eating ice cream maybe just over a year ago and my body wow. completely changed all over again. Like, and every wow. time I say, oh, you know, just throw it out there. Like there's skinny food addicts out there. You know what? Like I'm like, people, oh, yeah. like I could just see the judgment on people's face when I say like, yeah. I binge eat ice cream and it's like a major problem for me. And they're like, yeah, sure you do. Like, <laughs> no, like I go out and I buy Hagen dazs and I eat the whole thing. And then I do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And I actually go to different stores Cause I know I don't want them to see that I'm buying the same ice cream every freaking night. So, it, you know, and I feel like crap, like, yep. so I don't know um, what happened. I just finally got off that 
cycle. And it's been such a gift. Like, but I can still get back on with sugar with, you know. Of course. But yeah. uh, it just gets better and better, you know. It's better and that's better. That's it, right? And that, Like, the best is, is yet the... to come. That's my new thing. Mm-hmm. The best mm-hmm. is yet to come. I used to be like Love you, it. what you said. Like, when's the ball going to drop? When's the ball going to yes. This is too good. My life is too fucking amazing. You, uh, something's yeah. going to happen. And yeah, yep. sure, some things happened. I got really stressed out there for a while, but I learned from it, like mm-hmm. heaps of growth. And now look, now I'm on the other side going, oh, yeah. wow, yeah. I am so grateful to be alive. Yeah. You know? And just time sometimes, you know, sometimes yeah. things just take time. I don't know about you, but I would always compare, like, especially when I first got sober or even when I started any venture, right? Like I want to be the type of person that steps foot in the gym for the first time and leaves like looking like Giselle Bunchen, right? Like I want that hour to like change my life. Like, I want, is my right? <laughs> Checking my muscles in the mirror. You know, I want the week of like eating well and meditating to change my whole life. Right. And it's just, it's not the deal. It's just not that if it worked that way, we wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> if it worked that way, everybody would just be out, you know, doing the quick fix, whatever that would look like. So this idea of kind of also too, like, and I think I can only safely say this with confidence is the hindsight that I have of recovery, right? Like looking back on the 15 years, realizing how many stages of change I had to go mm-hmm. through because I did not get sober and gravitate right to the whole like calmness, wellness, give of myself, be of service and meditate. I was like, we're going shopping. We're going binge eating, right? Yeah. The cars are out. I'm honking. Yeah. So it's interesting that, and I also encourage people that I work with is that sometimes it's okay, right? Like you can't put 50 things down at once. I remember when I got sober, okay, I turned to the sugar. All right, so be it, right? When I was Mm -hmm. ready to stop the sugar, day at a time, God help me, you know, I was ready. The cigarettes, I wasn't going to quit smoking before I was ready to quit smoking. smoking. Right, that was a tough one. I did all that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and you're only ready when you're ready, right? That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. And like just now coming to the place where like the gentle and kindness on oneself, that is the missing piece. That's just, you know, I went around raging, like not pointing fingers, but like demand, I was very demanding and it was just resulting in nil. It was just resulting in my suffering. So just going inward and saying like, just be kind and easy going on myself. And then in turn, wow, you know, Mm. everything else calmed down around me almost instantaneously. So powerful. And it's, yeah. it's it's really tricky because the mind tells you something different. The mind says, yeah. push harder, work harder, make more yeah. money, bulldoze your way through these things. You will arrive on top. And it's yeah, act- but really, you got to do the opposite. You got to pull opposite. back, trust, throw intentions out there, show up and do the actions, but don't worry about them. They're yeah. not up to you. Yes. The outcome isn't up to me anyways. Yes. Way yeah. better way to live. And really? This, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think too, that the more gentle we can become on ourselves and for me, gentleness, it's included in, in the daily reprieve, right? The meditation, the stillness, being kind to others, allowing people to be kind to me. All of that is a snowball effect. So it starts to affect my decisions. It starts to affect my needs and my wants. And then say, you know, however many years into my recovery, I was still smoking or still engaging in this, the more gentle I become and the more I can kind of hear that intuitive voice, I don't really want to do those things as much anymore. So they kind of just fall off eventually. I I don't, I don't have to try so hard to stop hurting myself. Mm -hmm. I just want to be well all around, you know, the more still that I get in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a frustrating solution, I think too. Yeah. Because I never wanted, like, I really never wanted meditation or stillness or being like, if you would have used the word gentle with me 10 years ago, I would have rolled my eyes and walked away. It was not like, I was not about that. I thought like, you know, be tough and be strong and get educated and power through and you'll be all right, you know, make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, at the end of the day, fine, you can get all the material things that you want. But emotionally, if you're not able to handle any of those things, yeah. We're going to light it on fire. I mean, yeah, I've done it multiple it. times yeah. myself. 
Yeah. yeah, for me, it was really the like race, like the like a little while back in hindsight, it was the perfectionism playing out. So I had to let that all yes. go. Like, just it, my, yes. my old thing was if I can't do it perfect, I'm not going to do it at all. Mm. So it's so amazing just to just be so aware of yeah. one's thoughts and just be able to just say, no, there's we don't need that one anymore. No, that one could go. And just it's gone. Yes. And just create yeah. the world that we want. Don't need it anymore. Because that's what we are as co-creators, right? Like, I just, uh, mm -hmm. so grateful. Love it. <laughs> so I have a couple of questions in terms of, um, you know, what you do now and also to, from the perspective of a woman focusing on your body. I mean, you're in incredible shape. You've always been in incredible shape since I've known you. Um, has that, how... Has that been difficult for you to navigate? Has it ever kind of bordered into disordered eating for you? Like, how have you navigated the focus being on your body? Because a lot of people, especially people who, who make a business out of this, can, myself included, go to extremes, right? Yeah. Um, so how have you navigated balance in basically building a business off of you know, your physical health, helping other people with their self image and body image? Um, well, again, honestly, it's just back to consistency. Like, uh, mm -hmm. what someone said, the only workout I ever regretted is the one that I didn't do. And it's more <laughs> wrapped around, like my offerings more wrapped around moving well, not hard, you know, like I, mm. especially, you know, maybe in my twenties that was more appropriate, but I also got injured in my twenties cause I was guided wrong. You know, or I didn't, right. I wasn't guided at all. I just was guided by ego, you know. So coaching people that they don't have to move, they just have to move in ways that make me, uh, give them joy and live within ranges that are healthy. Like not push, not hard, um, like lovingly, but still like sweat and dance and have fun and, yes. and all that. So consistency is key, even if they're 10 minutes, three times a week. Yeah. That, but you just show up in those 10 times, 10 minutes, three days a week. Like that's yeah. better than some intense fad thing that you're never going to sustain. So I've, mm -hmm. I've just never been like that. It's always been, um, pretty healthy journey with me in terms of fitness. Like, yeah, I mean, in my twenties and my thirties, yeah, I cared about how I looked, you know, but as I get older, I don't even look in the mirror. I just feel I feel better than I look. I know that much. Sometimes I look and I was like, Holy no geez. way you look and who cares. Right. Like, but that's, you no know, way. that like I feel great. So, and yeah, I have back pain and stuff, but I manage it. And there's lots of things that I can do around that. And I think just, just leading by example, really. And just sharing again, through experience, through strength and through hope that other people can just kind of adopt just holistic changes one little bit at a time, you know, moving away from processed foods, moving into more high vibe eating, like getting stuff closer to home, eating things that are alive, like that bring, that mm. lift us up, not, not dumb mm. us down. Um, and joyful movement. So if my movement doesn't, you know, that's why I like to do an eclectic a variety of moves. Like I can't stick to one thing. So I love Pilates for re many reasons. I love my yoga practice for many reasons. So we, and I love yin. I love restorative practices. So really balancing out and then also like circuit and hit and all that. There's a place for that. Um, yeah. So that, you know, all the different areas of fitness are kind of addressed and that we're not leaving anything unattended. Right. Um, so yeah. it's a very general, it's like for the general woman, you know, and I, yeah, I've been focusing on moms lately, but the general woman and a modern woman in today, we're changing so much right. as a society, right. as a way we look, um, at ourselves, yeah. at each other and where we're going. Um, I think it's a really great time to be alive by the way. Um, so yeah, it's fitness has actually always been quite a healthy thing for me and a safe, wow. safe haven, right? Yeah. Sounds safe. I feel safe but talking I about see, it. I know you. many of us <laughs> abuse it, right? Many of us can abuse it. Now, now, <laughs> you know, there were those moments where, you know, I hadn't slept and I'm teaching a class, you know, and I'd been out all night for the night before. Now, come on. Those years were not the healthy years. I did right. what I had to do to survive. Right. But I don't, I don't behave that way anymore. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's definitely not always been healthy, but, you know. 
I love the term high vibe eating. I'm, I've been taking notes, by the way, as we've, and I never do that. High vibe eating and living and eating foods that lift us up instead of tearing us down, right? Like, wow. Like, and I feel lifted up by this, even this conversation. It's just yeah. a different vibration, right? Depending yeah. on what we're talking about, what we're thinking, what we're eating, what we're doing. Because yeah. I know how I feel when I close the blinds and I get a family bag, family size bag of Doritos, you know? Yeah. I know what that yeah. vibration is going to feel like, right? Yep. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's so interesting how many things are out there that we can still hurt ourselves with. Yeah. Well, like back to that limiting beliefs, when we kind of eradicate the limiting beliefs, which bring us down, like in states mm -hmm. of fear and depression and anxiety and hatred and anger and like living down there, that's a way different vibe than feeling joy and appreciation and gratitude and having, you know, some level of God consciousness. That's the highest vibe of all, you know? Yeah. So uh, I just rather live up there and stay there. Yeah. And the more that we kind of, you know, what is it you, like? you know, get rid of those limiting beliefs or in the recovery yeah. world is, you know, the old ideas resulting yeah. in nil unless we let go. Absolutely. Like, I mm -hmm. just want to be closer to God. Yeah. But at the same time, I am God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> God is everything or God is nothing. Right. Yeah. So I'd rather live my life thinking that God's everything and everywhere. Mm. So yeah, now, that's what... actually the offering that I'm creating now is 10 weeks to vibe higher permanently. Right. Like just Oof, love it. Yeah. I love it. Through movement, food, and mindfulness. Movement, food, and mindfulness. And that really kind of covers it all, right? Like we have to in some way move our bodies. We have to really figure out what we're eating. And, you know, if we're not right in the head and our minds are full of debris and conflict, I mean, it, it's going to, th that energy is going to go everywhere. So really covering that whole kind of mind, body, spirit, I love it. And let me ask you for anybody who's listening, what would you, so, you know, when I look at you, right. And I see like the yoga mat behind you and like, to me, you're all health, all wellness, right. You would be my go-to person, but what would you tell someone who maybe is kind of really just dipping their toe in the, like the, that, that a high vibration would seem like a lot right now. How do you start to make some of those baby steps? Okay. So like if someone's coming to me and saying, saying what they want to get healthy. Yeah. Like maybe they're, they're kind of stuck in a cycle that all of this seems like too much, like too, it's too hard to get well. Maybe they're eating really poorly or they've got extra weight that they want to lose, or they don't know how to meditate. What, what would be oh, some yeah. of your suggestions for those? Yeah. Well, I mean, small, steady changes. Just start with one thing at a time. Just one thing that they mm. can do successfully just to get them, you know, a sense of encouragement. And when we, you know, as when we reach goals, we're motivated to do more and do more and realize we can do it. And just finding out yeah. what's holding them back, you know, yeah. and what motivates them in terms of, you know, the why and why and why and keep asking why until they don't have a, an answer for you anymore. Like, what's the mm. real why? So kind of um, doing a little work around that, finding out what the real motivator is, that's always helpful for somebody. And just moving, like just moving, doing, finding what brings them joy. Like what are they most likely going to be successful at? So if, if what I'm offering isn't going to do it, maybe it is walking, you know, um, instead of taking things away, you know, saying mm. you can't have this, add, tip the scale by just adding healthier stuff. Because if you're adding healthier stuff, you've probably got less room for the crap. Right. So, um, you know, encouraging that way instead of saying, you know, like I do do de detoxes and cleanses, you know, where I uh, eliminate certain foods because it makes mm -hmm. me feel really good, but I might yeah. not throw, okay, you're going to do this, this, and this just kind of baby steps, you know, yeah. small, yeah. steady changes and the mindfulness, you can be in movement. You can be meditating in movement. You don't have to be still. So just honoring people's, everybody's so different. So honoring the fact that some people need to move a lot before they can sit still. Yeah. Some people can just sit right down for 10 hours a day and go to a silent retreat. And they're like, yeah, or, you know, so, and again, the gentleness, right? Like Rome wasn't built in a day. If you, mm -hmm. if you spent a long time in a, you know, not so healthy track, maybe you didn't know you were really unhealthy and, and now you're ready to make big changes. Just just be gentle on yourself. It doesn't happen overnight. 
and it's constantly changing. Mm. So yeah, I usually like, I still love to work with people one-on-one. I sit down and just find out the why behind it and then soft, Mm. steady changes. And then now I'm just bigger on the limiting beliefs. Like what's holding people back? What causes people to quit? What, you know, how to, you know, little things they can do when I'm not around, right? When I'm not, you know, when I'm still in their, you know, heads in terms of Mm. um, moving on and making their lives better. But um, yeah, like what can they do outside of that? Like even posture, like posture. If somebody's like got a lot of compression, they're not going to be able to connect, right? It's going to be so, it's, again, it kind of comes down. One of the easiest ways for me is just movement, right? Movement. Yeah. Wow. And I love what you said about, you know, not taking something away from someone, because if you're anybody like me who has many addictive tendencies, when you take away my toy, I'm not very happy. Right. So it's like, keep your toy for now. (laughs) Yeah. My blanket. And I'll give you this, just add a little, it's like having a salad with a burger instead of fries. Maybe one day try that or have a salad first and have the burger and fries, you know, just adding a little bit more wellness instead of stripping away. Because I think that's when the fear can really come in. You know, don't, I don't want this life. Don't take this away from me because this has been something that's been working or comforting me for so long. So I'm sure it could be quite scary when you, you know, encourage somebody to drop one of their vices. Yeah, I agreed. And I, you know, I still have vices. Like I still drink coffee and I know it doesn't do good for me because of my adrenals. Like mm-hmm. I'm a go, go kind of person and I, but I just love it so much. Yeah. It's a heavy ritual, but who knows? There is an addictive quality to it for sure. But again, here I am with yeah. something that I know, even though it's clean coffee, even though I'm French pressing it, it's still like I have two, two coffees minimum a day, right? In the yeah. mornings, but still. Yeah. Um, I could totally just be drinking tea and be way better. Like I drank all the way through breastfeeding, all the way through my pregnancies. I'm like, I'm not giving up my coffee. Are you nuts? Look how much I've given up in my life. I'm not doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a rebel, Paige, drinking two coffees a day. Oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. That's all I got. Can't believe it. That's all I got. So listen, I could talk to you for 17 hours, um, but I really want to spend um, the the last little bit of this episode kind of talking about your target audience. Do you work with women only? Uh, who is your kind of demographic? How do people get in touch with you and why would they get in touch with you? Sure. So I'm, again, I'm a holistic fitness coach with a movement offering mostly. And my target audience at the moment is Busy moms, new moms, moms. I'm kind of inspiring moms to kind of reach their unique potential through, again, through movement, through food, and through mindfulness. Mm. Um, What else did you ask me? Oh, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. So my hashtag, is that? No. What is it called? Your handle. My handle? Wow, that's sexy. (laughs) Wow. You just dates me right there. Anyways, I like Instagram. It's fun. Uh, at Rose Wellness Official. And then there in my bio, you can find my link tree. So all my offerings are going to be there. So um, I basically, another offering that we didn't touch upon is I, I've become a lover of these tower gardens. So I grow aeroponic gardens in, indoors. They're indoors and outdoors, but I grow year round. Um, wow. I'm right now I'm growing greens and, uh, greens and herbs, but I can grow vegetables, anything that grows above ground. So I'm really passionate about those right now. I think it's really appropriate for our times too. And it's yeah. just nice. It's food security. It's cool to know how to grow your own food. Yes. I'm kind of a black thumb outside, but with this thing, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not so bad. Right. And wow. So all that stuff will be on there. And then my, usually I run in 10 week blocks. So I do small group trainings. And so I invite women and we start together and we go for the 10 weeks. So right now I'm doing that kind of vibe high permanently for 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. And then we use, you know, Pilates, mindfulness. um, Well, Pilates, yeah, there's yin yoga, restorative, um, some circuit. There's, um, I call it boost camp, not boot camp. Boost camp. And I swear to you, I don't think anybody has coined that. So I feel really cool about that. Yeah. So I'm probably going to do some stuff with Boost Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I should. I should. should. There's no, nobody's got it. Okay, you'll have well, to tell now me how a bunch to do of people that. are listening, so they might take Okay, it. Sh- do it quickly. I'll I'll edit this part out. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, 
yeah, so that's basically what's happening. And I'm, lo- I'm going to be doing some, what are they called when it's like automated? So it's like self programs yeah. that are self. Yeah, like a self-study, self-pace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a little bit of those as well. So I'm probably going to do that with the high vibe program for sure. Because it's, I think it's great. That's incredible. And, and now I are a all... lot of people mm-hmm. moving or moving in that direction anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. There's yeah. a big call to eating better, thinking better, feeling better, behaving better. I mean, especially through Collectively. COVID. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Collective yeah. consciousness. Like I, I think all this fear evil kind of all that stuff is going to slip away just because mm-hmm. I, we always feel like we're missing something and we always want love and we, we are love. I don't even have to practice self-love. I just am love. And I think it's about remembering that and yeah. unlearning a lot of basically what we've learned or, or, or my, I'll speak for myself my whole life. It's just about un, unlearning everything and, and yeah. um, just living in what's left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I love it. I feel so, oh, I feel so safe and cozy talking to you. I really do. It's, I love the language that you use. I love that term. I don't have to practice self-love. I am love. Right. It's the same thing too with like any type of prayer or meditation. I, I don't have to, I don't have to meditate to become connected. I am connected. I have to focus yeah. on how not to disconnect myself. Right? right. Because I know how yeah, to do that very sure. well too. But ultimately there is this natural state of connection and love. And yeah, I think that's so, so yeah. beautiful. Now are all of these programs online? Do you do anything in person? Um, yeah, no, I do do stuff in person. It's more like just reach out and book a consultation with me. They're free. And then that's about it. Cool. Yeah, but it is online, so, so I'm not at the moment, okay. My I don't have a, indoor, like I, I did have a studio before COVID and then now I'm, my life actually got right. better online. I know that sounds weird, but I, my life got easier just with the kids. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But uh, I am planning ooh. a retreat probably in uh, Nicaragua in the next year or so. And I'm thinking, Shock, of, yeah. Shotgun uh, reserving a spot right now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Surfing. You'd be so amazing at that. Yeah. Surfing, food. <laughs> oh, God. And, and fitness. And what movement. else do you want? What else do yeah. you want? Yeah. You're incredible. I'm so proud of you? you. I'm honored to be your friend and to watch you just consistently grow and change and evolve. And I really appreciate you coming on here and just being so candid and honest and sharing all of this juicy wisdom. I have a full page of notes, so I can just imagine how much listeners are going to get out of this episode. I really, really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of yours. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Paige. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll have you back on. I'm sure there's, uh, you know, a million more topics that you and I could uh, chat about for a while. So definitely until the next episode. All right. Love you lots. Love you too. Take care. Doing what you're doing. All right, love. Bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening and supporting Living Out Loud. Be sure to tune in next week for another fun, juicy episode.